Hey, it's Adam. Welcome to our weekly teaching podcast here at South Hills Church in Corona, California. Our hope is that as you listen in, you'll find yourself laughing and learning and being challenged and encouraged to grab hold of who God has made you to be. Enjoy the message. Well, good morning. It is so good to see you here. My name is Chris Songson, and my wife and I are the founding pastors of South Hills Church, and uh, we have multiple campuses all across uh, and open up more and more coming up, And uh, but it is awesome to be with you. For the last six months, I've been in Burbank filling in there, and they got a new campus pastor today, but it is awesome to see you. Before we jump into the last part of this series, uh, we are looking at sound bites and and stories that Jesus told. Uh, I want to show something to you that's probably the most important thing that you're going to see this entire day is this picture right here. Let me see. There's my granddaughter. Oh, man. Let's close in prayer. Um, That is our granddaughter. Anybody have grandkids here? If you don't have grandkids and people say, oh, it's amazing, it is incredible. We were in Hawaii on our vacation. We took her along with us. Not the parents, just her. And, um, And that's her. She's 14 months old. You can take it off because I'll just keep staring. So please take her off the screen. Bye, bye, Mila. Her name is Mila Brave. And and it's so funny because I was holding her recently and playing with her. And my son looks at me and he's like, Dad, it's like you love her more. I go, no, it's not like I do. I do. (laughs) I want to be very clear about that. I don't want to lie to you, son. That's not a good relationship. You're in second. That's the way it works. You had your time. So it's been amazing besides the fact that every three days there is an Amazon package that shows up at our house because my wife is buying. We have a stroller at the house. We have a crib. We have all sorts of stuff. I'm I'm going golfing with the Amazon guy tomorrow because we're so close now. Um, But anyway, hey, it is really awesome. Uh, And if you have a Bible, we're going to go to Matthew and we're going to look at chapter 7 is what we're going to be looking at today. And these are the words of Jesus and uh, uh, in talking about different subjects that he's been, uh, we've been sharing over the last several weeks here at South Hills at all of our campuses. And uh, uh, so we're going to be talking about that today. So I live in San Clemente Beach, if you don't know that. And so uh, there is a running trail that's on our beach. And a couple of weeks ago, it's like uh, 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 not sand, it's dirt. And I was on the running trail just a couple of weeks ago. And I'm running along. I do about four or five miles. And I know some of you are looking like, oh, dude, you don't look like it. Keep going. But um, I, I do about four or five miles. I try to each time. And so I went for a run. And I'm running. I'm doing my thing. I'm running, listening to my music, you know, the Eagles always. And uh, um, any Eagles fans? No, no cheering, nothing. Two people. That's it. Okay, whatever. All right. I'm running along and listening to my music. And, and all of a sudden, two kind of people, probably in the early 20s, are running by, parents, married, I'm assuming, and they got a baby, and they're running along, and they're passing me as they're pushing the stroller. And I'm feeling a little bad. As they pass me, I'm like, hey, this is not, I, I literally told them, joking around, I'm like, this doesn't help my ego, man. I go, you guys are pushing a stroller, and you're passing me. And the guy says, he's like 25, you know, and he runs, he looks, and I said, it doesn't help my ego, whatever, and he looks at me, he goes, oh, man, he goes, don't feel bad. He goes, there's a lot of old guys that aren't even out here, but at least you're out here. (laughs) Is there? And uh, I tripped him. Um, And uh, I said, well, you are not going to heaven. Just keep running there, you know. You think it's hot out here. Wait till you get down there. Um, Have you ever had anybody judge you? Had anybody ever judge you about your, joking about the age, you know, which is kind of funny, but maybe they judge your character 
or they, or they, or they claim that you're not kind, nice, compassionate, you're not this, you're not that, and they judge you. Of course, we've all had that before. Here's the other kind. Let's flip it the other way. How many have ever judged someone else? And if you don't raise your hand, you're lying. <laughs> Because we all do it. We judge. We judge people, maybe not out loud, but we look at people and go, why are they wearing that? How many like the people watch right here? Come on, people watchers. Okay, you're not being positive when you people watch, right? When they go by, you're like, she can't pull that off. I don't know what she's thinking. And what we do is we look at people, and we're all guilty of it. Maybe you don't verbalize it, but we internalize it. And we say, hey, you're, you're, you know, you're dressed like this or, you know, look at the way they dress, look at the way they act, look at the way they raise their kids, look at the way their marriage is. Look at, and we judge and we look at people. We come up, when you see an old guy with a young, good-looking woman, what do you say? Boy, he's got money. <laughs> don't act like you don't either. <laughs> but what are we doing? We're judging. And we're all sort of guilty of this idea of judging. Now, Jesus in his very first sermon, is known as the Sermon on the Mount. And it's his very first sermon. And when he preached that sermon, he decided, that he, knowing that it would be recorded for history, that one of the topics he wanted to address in his very first sermon, he wanted to address the subject of judging. And so he talks about it. There's five verses that talk about it. And these are the words of Jesus. And so we're going to take those five verses. We're going to break them down quickly. And we're going to look at these verses on what he has to say about this idea of judging. Because he, there is a lot to unpack and a lot that Jesus has to say about it. So Matthew 7, verse 1, the very first three words come out like this. Jesus' first word. Say it out loud with me. What does it say? Okay, notice Jesus doesn't open up with a story, something funny like Adam would do. He just comes right out of the gate and says, don't judge. All you losers. No, he, um, he comes right out of the gate and says, do not judge. The very first three words he says in this sermon is, do not judge. Strong words. No hanging around, no mixed signals, no beating around the bush. He just comes right out and says, I don't want you to judge. Here's what he's, if you want to modernize it, this is what he's saying. Thou, thou shalt not size me up and write me off. That's really what he's saying. He's saying, don't size people up and write them off. Well, they're not, they don't dress like me. They don't raise kids like me. Look at them. They don't care about their marriage like I do. If they don't, they're not spiritually strong or they're not this or they're not that. He's saying this. He goes, do not judge. In other words, don't size people up and then write them off. And he speaks to that. And here's what's an interesting thing. Why do we do that? What is in it? First of all, that 2,000 years ago, Jesus would see it in his infinite wisdom to think, I got to talk about this judging. Why, does, why would he know 2,000 years ago it would be an issue in 2021? And what is it in us that judges? Why do we do that? Why do we judge people? Why do we internalize these negative thoughts about people because they don't measure up? We size them up. We look at them, we size them up, we compare them to ourselves and others, and then we what? Write them off. Come on, say it. What do we do? Write them off. Why do we do that? Well, there's two reasons. Number one is jealousy. We're jealous. 
sometimes, okay? Maybe that's not your case. Maybe it is. It's jealous. We look at someone. They have something we don't have. They get blessed in a way that we don't get blessed. They get something, and so we have to say, well, here's the reason they're getting that. And Well, that's because it's dead. The dad's got money. He's giving them all the money. He doesn't work. And we, what we do is we want to do everything we can to bring them down a little bit because of our jealousy. We look at them and think, man, they're not, they're, why are they getting, you ever looked at someone and thought, why did they get blessed and not me? You ever looked at someone and thought, why are they getting that? Why did they get that job? Why did they get that house? Why did the relationship work out for them? Why did that work out for them? I feel like I'm a better person and we're ultimately jealous of them. And so the judging starts. So why do we judge? Number one, why do we judge? Because of what? Jealousy. The second one is self-righteous. Why do we judge? Number one is jealousy. Why do we judge self-righteous? So let's look back at the jealousy. I remember one time uh, when I grew up, uh, I grew up in about a thousand square foot home and there were seven of us. So it was really, you know, crowded in our little house. And then when I first got married, some of you know, me and my wife and I got married and I lived in a mobile home, single wide mobile home. You know how that is. I mean, you lay there in bed, and you can open the front door and the refrigerator at the same time. It's amazing. And, and you're in this little small little house. But I remember when we first bought our, our house, our, our house that we lived in here in Corona. We now live in Sacramento Beach. We, we bought a house on Meadowlark Circle right near Santiago High School. Biggest house I've ever known in my life. It was 2,500 square feet, four-car garage. It had a pool already and a rock slide and a rock waterfall. And it was like something I'd never lived in. I remember being in the backyard and just sitting there looking at the rock pool and all that. And I'm thinking, I can't believe this. Man, God, you're so good. Oh, man, you're awesome. And I was just like, oh, you know, worship was going on. Bluebirds were flying. It was amazing. And I was like, this is incredible. God, you're so good. And then I get a phone call from a friend of mine who doesn't hardly ever go to church. And he calls me up. Now, watch this. And I, I'm talking to him on the phone. He goes, hey, man, how you doing? I go, dude, how you doing? I haven't talked to you in a while. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes, hey, man, we're going to be neighbors. And I said, we are. And, I, and keep in mind, I was just like, oh, God, you're so good. You gave me this great house, and you're amazing. I go, we are. And he goes, yeah. And he goes, I bought a house. It's like two streets away from me. He names the street. I recognize it. I'm like, wow, that's amazing. I said, what did you get it for? And he tells me the price, and it's less than mine. And so now the tone is changing. Oh, really? Wow. That's great. <laughs> and then he says, and then he says, I go, how big is it? Mine's 2,500. It's 3,200. I'm like, oh, glory to God. <laughs> He is good. He tells me about the pool and how nice it is and tells me all this other stuff. And I'm like, oh, that's great. I hang up the phone and I'm like, what do I do? Immediately, I'm going, why is that guy getting it? He should not get blessed like that. He didn't hardly ever go to church. I'm a pastor. He doesn't even own a Bible. I got like 30 Bibles. I mean, come on, Lord. And I'm sitting there complaining the entire time. The Lord reminds me, a minute ago, you were all thankful. Wow, how that changed because of jealousy. It kicked in. The jealousy creates the criticism. The jealousy creates the judgment. But so does self-righteous. Do you know what self-righteous is? Self-righteous is a combination of arrogance and ignorance. That's what self-righteous is. It's a combination of arrogance and ignorance. And self-righteous, why do we judge? One, because of jealousy. He says, do not judge. But why do we do it? Because we get jealous. And the other reason is because we get self-righteous. Now, here's what we do. We look at someone. We all do it. And we think and we internalize, I'm better than that person. 
I'm, I, I'm smarter than that person. I'm better. I live better than that person. And so what we do is we are sizing them up. And what we're really saying is they're not living up to our standard. I'm better than them. Why? And I, I do better than them. I go to church more than they. I live my life better than they do. And we size them up according to our standard. You know what we're really doing is we're dumbing down God's holiness and elevating our own. Because somehow we become the standard. And so it's like, well, they're here, but look at me. And God's up there going, yeah, but look at me. And all of you are a mess. And there's this self-righteousness that says, you don't measure up to my standard. Here's the problem with being in in that self-righteous, is that the self-righteous are rarely self-aware. That's the problem. And so my prayer is today that God would open our eyes and think, is there any jealousy in us that creates judgment? Is there any self-righteous that causes us to measure up someone else to our standard? Is there any of that in our life? And how can we fix it? How can we get better? Let's go back to what the scripture says. So he says in Matthew 7, 1 to 2, first three words, one more time. Everybody say it out loud. Do not what? Okay, but then he goes on, okay? It only took 20 minutes to get for for the first three words. So here we go. Do not judge or, oh man, he's going to get real strong here. Watch this. Or you too will be judged. For in the same way, Jesus said, you judge others, you will be judged. And with the same measure you use it, it will be measured to you. This is extremely strong what Jesus is saying. He's saying, do not judge. And by the way, if you choose to judge... If you choose to mentally tear people down, if you choose to say, well, this, however you judge them, if you judge them, understand, Jesus said, however you judge them, the level you judge is the level that you'll be judged. The measure you judge is the measure you'll be judged. So here's the big question. Put it on the screen for me. Here's the question. It says, the big question, if you're going to be judged based on how you judge others, how do you want to be judged? For me, I'd like to judge not me. I'd like no one, you know, but here's the deal. If I'm going to be judged, and I am, I want to be judged. Watch this. I want to be judged with a lot of mercy and a lot of grace. Anybody here understanding that one? And a lot of understanding. And I want to be judged with a lot of compassion. And I want people, I want it to be considered the peer pressure I faced or how I grew up or my fears and my insecurities. I want to be judged by those things. If I'm going to be judged and I'm going to be judged, I want to be judged on things with mercy and grace and compassion. So Jesus says, however you choose to judge, to the level that you judge anybody else is to the level that you will be judged. I don't know about you, but I want to be judged not. I want lots of mercy, lots of grace, lots of compassion, lots of understanding. A couple months ago, I was here in Corona, and I stopped at the gas station. I had about $80, so that got me a gallon. And uh, um, so I went to the gas station there and, uh, you know, do the little gas, and I go inside to get something to drink or something. And and it came to $2.95, and I gave the lady a $5 bill, and behind the counter... And she's supposed to give me back, what, $2.05? She gives me back $7.05. And she gives me $5 more. She thought I gave her a 10. And I'm like, ma'am, I go, you gave me $5 extra. I only gave you a $5 bill. She was blown away. She goes, I can't believe that you would be so honest. I'm thinking, is that like honesty is a commodity here? Um, And she's like, I can't believe you would be so honest. And this is amazing. You're an amazing person. And I'm like, lady, before you lift me up or anything, if this was a $100 bill, we wouldn't be having this conversation. So (laughs) it's just... 
Well, you get too excited there. Let's get reality. <laughs> I go back outside. I finish pumping the gas, and some guy comes up to me. He says, hey, how you doing? I go, good. He goes, hey, uh, 10 years ago, I used to go to South Hills Church. I go, you did? I go, yeah. I go, well, I'll shake his hand, whatever. And uh, uh, he says, yeah. He goes, I stopped going because of you. And uh, uh, I said, well, I stopped going because of you. No, sorry, I, uh, <laughs> I go, you did? I go, why is that? And he goes, well, one time out in the plaza area, right out there, he goes, I was talking to you about a problem. He goes, and, and he goes, it's like you didn't care and you didn't pay attention. I said, so you felt I didn't care and pay attention. And he goes, yep. And I left. And watch this. He goes, I left. And I never came back to church. And he goes, and I've never been to a church since. And I'm thinking, you know, we could have just talked and worked this thing out in like two minutes. You left your faith in everything over that? That's a whole side issue. <laughs> but for a moment there, I just, he, you know, if I'm being honest, he kind of railed into me. <laughs> and he's like, dude, he goes, I just feel like you're fake. I don't feel like you're real. I feel like you don't care about people. I don't feel like you care about this. You care about that. And he just kind of railed into me. I got to be honest with you. I didn't like it. And I was just like, so I leveled him. No, so I, uh, um, <laughs> no, I, I like it, you know. But I look at the scripture, I don't like being judged, and I look at the scripture, it says, he says, do not judge, for however, Jesus says, you choose, whatever level you choose to judge people, he says, that's the level that I'll judge you. That's the level you'll be judged. And I don't know about you, but man, I want to be judged with a ton of mercy and a ton of grace. Let's go back to the scripture. Now, we're moving on to verse three. Here's what Jesus said. Why do you look at the speck? of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the what? To the plank in your own eye. Why do we do this? This is what Jesus, he's asking a really bold question. He says, first, I don't want you to judge because however you judge, that's how you'll be judged. So you want to judge at a 10, then you're going to be judged at a 10. You want to judge with mercy and grace and kindness, then that's how you'll be judged. First of all, that sounds like enough. That should be enough for us to go, okay, that's it. I'm not judging anymore. <laughs> I'm going to be really careful because I do not want that. I don't, the way I judge, I don't want people to judge me. And so, but then he goes on to say, he says, now, he goes, how can you get all worked up over the speck in your brother's eye when you got a plank in your own eye? How, why is it that we do that. And I think that's really interesting because Jesus, if you look at it, it's actually a question he's asking. He's asking us, why do you do that? Why do you, why do you ignore the big old plank in your eye and find the speck in everybody else's eye? Why do you do that? What is it in you that does that? I thought about that because it's a question Jesus asked. And so I, when I was studying for this, I thought, Lord, why do we do that? And so I just jotted a few things down. I think, number one, I think it's because it's easy. Isn't it a lot easier to look at someone else's problem than it is to look at your own? Someone else's issue than it is to look at your own? It's a lot easier that way. I think it's also, I think we do it because it takes the attention off of us. And also I think we do it because it's rewarding. We feel better about ourselves when we criticize someone else's lifestyle or choices or what they're doing. We feel better about ourselves as if somehow we're the higher standard. It's easier. It's more comfortable. It's more rewarding. Sometimes it's even fun. And just to kind of let the criticism be on that person rather than ourselves. And then now, verse four, what does Jesus say? Let's go back to the scripture. How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? Now here comes the two words. Say them with me. One, two, three. You. Okay, one more time. Say it out loud. You what? 
Now, that is really strong. Okay, I want you to think about that. Look throughout Scripture. You rarely see Jesus speaking to the future in a sermon and using the word hypocrite. It is a strong word, what he's saying. Why do you look at, look at the speck in your friend's eye? You ignore the plank in your own. Why do you do that? And then he follows it up with two words, you hypocrite. Now, that word hypocrite, we're going to talk about that in just a moment. I, I personally, like, I love magic tricks. I love magicians. I love all of that stuff. Like, I love watching, you know, uh, America's Got Talent and seeing someone do magic and that Shin Lin guy, you know, he's like crazy good, you know, and I'm like, how do they do that? I love that stuff. Years ago, my wife uh, bought us some tickets to go see David Copperfield in Orange County Amphitheater. And I was like, this is awesome. You know, so we saw the show and I was blown away and I just love it, you know. And then afterwards, some usher told me, he goes, hey, sometimes David will come out and sign autographs. So everybody left and there was like 40 or 50 of us standing there. And I'm like, I'm going to get an autograph. My wife, this is dumb. I'm like, no, David Copperfield, he can probably do it without even looking. And, um, <laughs> and so I'm like, I'm going to wait for it. And then the guy comes out, sorry, David's not coming out to sign autographs. I'm like, loser. You know, and so bunch of people walk away, I'll never forget, and some guy goes, oh, hey, you come with me. He looked at me. He goes, you come with me. He goes, you're with the press, right? <laughs> I didn't want to lie, so I was like, I don't know. Uh, so I just kind of mumbled because I didn't want to lie. Next thing I know, we're backstage at David Copperfield, and there's like a bunch of news people there and some cameras and newspaper magazine people, and we're standing. They all got badges, and, you know, they're all like, they, they looked apart, and me and my wife are standing the whole time. She's going, we got to leave. We got to get out. We can't be here. I go, quiet down, quiet down. I'll make you disappear. And, um, and I'm standing there, and I'm like, come on. This is amazing. And I'll never forget, one of the guys is in charge, all right, you're with, you're with the whatever, New York Times, you're with this, you're with this, you're with this. And he looks over at us, and he goes, and who are you with? I didn't know what to say. I was like, the Home Gardens Chronicle. It's an amazing <laughs> newspaper. Publication 40. It's uh, incredible. Um, so we got kicked out. But anyway, um, and we did. If you ever watched any of that magic, there's a, there's a show that came out years ago called, I think it was called uh, Secrets, Mag Secrets of Magic Revealed. And you ever see that? It's that where that guy wears that mask and he shows you something like a David Copperfield or someone does and then with a mask on and then he, he shows the trick and then he shows you how to do it. You know what he's really doing? It made all the magicians upset because here's what he was doing. He was pointing out everybody's problem but hiding behind his own mask. That's what hypocrite means. It actually comes from a Greek term, hypocrite, which actually was a person in Greek. It's a, it's a person in theater that wears a mask and you never know who they are. That's what Jesus is saying. You're a hypocrite. You keep pointing out everybody else's faults and the specks in their eye, but then you just ignore the one in your own life. That's what Jesus was speaking to at this point. So let's, let's just kind of narrow this down. Here's what it is. Number one, he says, I don't want you to judge. Don't judge. And then he warns us because he loves us. If you choose to judge at this level, that's the level that you'll be judged. Don't do that. Don't write people off. I don't want you to act that way. I don't want you to do those things. And, uh, and, he, and he talks about it throughout Scripture. But then he turns the corner, Jesus does, in the final verse that he uses in this sermon. He turns the corner in verse 5. First, take the plank out of your own eye. Okay, let's stop right there. First, what is the word? Say it with me. First, come on, what's the word? Which tells you there's going to be a? Okay, it's coming in a minute. First, 
first, I want you to deal with the mess in your own life. I want you to deal with the mess in your own life. I want you to deal with the plank in your own eye. Deal with that. Before you go around judging everybody, deal with the plank in your own eye. That's first. You know, you know if there's a first, there's a second. Look at the second. He says, and then, here comes the second, you will see clearly to remove the speck in your brother's eye. Here's what he's saying. Now, follow this. The first four and a half verses, he says, do not judge. If you judge to this level, that's the level that you'll be judged. Do not judge. Do not be like that. First, I want you to remove the plank in your own eye. Deal with your own junk. Deal with your own crud. Deal with your own life. I want you to get that straightened out. Then, that last part of verse five, he turns the responsibility on us. And he says, then you will see clearly to see the speck in your brother's eye. Once you deal with that, you can see the speck in your brother's eye. What is Jesus doing? He flips that at verse five, and he flips it around, and he just says, okay, now I want you to feel the responsibility as brothers and sisters in Christ to help each other be better. I want you to appropriately have conversations with people in the right way once you deal with your own life and just look at them and just say, hey, I've been noticing your marriage is not doing well. It doesn't seem like you're making it a priority. Hey, you're my friend in Christ, and I want to let you know that here's what I'm seeing in your family. Here's what I'm seeing. It seems like that habit's becoming an addiction, and you might want to watch that. That's what he's saying. He's saying this. He's bringing it under the cover of what he called his new command. Jesus said, I I have a new command for you. You know what it is. He said, I want you to love one. What's the next word? Another. Okay, under that umbrella, here's what he's saying. I want you to love one another. Deal with the plank in your own eye. Then you can see clearly to deal with the speck in someone else's eye. Deal with that. Get that taken care of. Help them. I want you, and he says, because that's what love would do. See, here's the thing. If his new command is to love one another, watch this. We can't judge and love one another. It's just impossible. We can't be jealous and critical and love one another. We can't be self-righteous, which most self-righteous people aren't even self-aware. You can't do that and love one another. Here's, here's what I think is amazing, and I love this statement. Love forbids me, love, love forbids me to size you up and write you off, but also... Also, love forbids me to size you up and walk away. Two different audiences. Watch this. Audience one, love forbids me to size you up. You size me up. We size each other up, and we write each other off. Love forbids that we do that. Again, they're not no good. They don't look, look at that. Look at their life, whatever. But we size them up, and we write them off inside of our head. He says, but also, love forbids you to, to size them up and to walk away. That's a little bit more tender, but you're still doing the same thing because here's what it looks like. You, I size them up. Man, I feel sorry for them. Man, we need to pray for them, honey. We, boy, they're really going through it. They're really having a tough time. I mean, look at their marriage. Look at, I haven't seen them at church in forever and their life is falling apart. I mean, my God, he's making all these ridiculous financial decisions. They're gonna end up in debt. Man, my heart just, oh, it aches for them. And I pray for them and then I walk away. Love forbids that I do that. Love forbids that I size them up, pray for them, and all that good stuff, have feelings for them, feel compassion and empathy, and then walk away. Here's what Jesus is saying. He says, love is going to force you to have conversations with each other so that we can 
make each other better. So here's what Jesus says. Don't judge. Otherwise, you're, the level you judge you're gonna, is the way that you'll be judged. And remove the plank in your own eye, the junk in your own life. And then you'll see clearly to help each other. There's a responsibility that comes with this. It comes from the words of Jesus that if you or I or we see someone failing in their marriage or they're going down a wrong path or they're spiritually whatever, or you haven't seen them in church in the last year and you're like, where's so-and-so? I don't know. Let's go to lunch. He says, no. He says, I want you to stop what you're doing and go and have the tough conversation. I haven't seen you in church. I haven't seen you around. What's going on? What's happening in your heart? Well, I see this happening in your life. I see that habit is turning into an addiction in your life. What's happening there? He, love forbids us to just walk away. It demands that we have appropriate, loving, but tough conversations with each other. That's what it is. That's what he's speaking to. And that's what love demands us to do. Right before the pandemic, a buddy of mine, he, uh, uh, he was, went to New Zealand and he was doing a bunch of speaking and he's kind of a theologian guy, writes all these kind of deep books or whatever. And, uh, um, and he wanted to study the sheep and the shepherd in New Zealand. So he was there doing a bunch of stuff and he took one day and he went to a, an actual shepherd, an actual shepherd that owned like a thousand sheep, you know, and grazed in the beautiful grass of New Zealand. And, uh, and he went there and, and uh, learned all day because, you know, the Bible says in Psalms 23, the Lord's our shepherd, we're the sheep. And so he wanted to learn about all that. So he went there and he learned all these things, was taking notes and doing all this stuff. And he said, he told me, he goes, Chris, when I was about to leave, he goes, I was walking to my car and the, and the, and the shepherd, the owner of the ranch was walking with me. And he goes, and, he, and we kind of were standing there talking and the, and the shepherd guy looks at me and goes, hey, there's one more thing I want to teach you. He goes, you'll find it really interesting. And he goes, you see those sheep over there? And he, and he told me there's like eight, nine, ten sheep, maybe, I don't know, 40, 50 feet away, grazing in some grass, just kind of a little small herd of them, ten of them or so. And he goes, I want you to yell out to them, sheep, come, and see what happens. So he said, my friend goes, okay. He goes, sheep, come. And then the guy goes, no, louder. Sheep, come. And he goes, no, no, louder. And he just yells it as loud as he can. They're only 50 feet away. You know, he goes, sheep, come. And they don't even move. They just keep grazing. Nothing. They're like, bah, you know, just nothing. And then real quietly, my friend says, real quietly, the shepherd goes, watch this. He says, sheep, come. And they just all stop what they're doing and they come to him. Reminds me of what Jesus said in John 10. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd, and the sheep know my voice. They know my voice. So I ask you, as we wrap this up, can you hear his voice? What's he saying to you right now? What's he asking you to change? Do not judge. Love forbids that I write you off. Love forbids that I walk away. What is the good shepherd whispering to you right now and saying, I'd like for you to change that. I'd like for you to fix that. I'd like for you to adjust that. I'd like for you to make that better. I'd like for you to stop doing that. Whatever that is. Because there's nobody in here that is guilt-free of judging. We all do it. We've all made those mistakes. What is he saying to you? Remove the plank in your own eye. What's that plank for your life? I don't know. I'm the good shepherd. The sheep know my voice. And he says to you now, come, come. Let's fix that in your life. Come, come. Let's make that better. 
Maybe you're here today and you used to walk with Jesus, but you don't anymore. You faded away in the last month, six months, a year. You faded away from it. Maybe you got invited here as a friend. You're like, I don't even know about all this Jesus stuff. But there's something happening in your heart because he's drawing you right now. He's saying, come, let's have a relationship. If you're in a place where you're not in a relationship with Jesus, he's speaking to your heart. I know he is. And I've been praying about it for days for this moment. He's speaking to your heart and he's saying, come, let's have a relationship with each other. He invites you to make that right today. Let's pray together. Jesus, I pray that we would listen to your words. Do not judge. For however we judge to that level, we'll be judged. Remove the plank in our own eye and help our brother in love to remove the speck in his eye. Help us to be those people. Help us to correct whatever we need to correct in our own mind and heart and spirit. With your eyes closed and you're just respecting the privacy of one another, how many would just say right now, man, I'm just not in a place where Jesus is the center of my life. I, maybe I used to walk with him, but I don't anymore. Maybe I used to follow him, but I don't anymore. Maybe I'm a guest here and I don't even know what this is all about, but I, I do know this. I'm not where I should be with Jesus. And if I'm really honest, I think I feel something tugging at my heart saying, come, come, let's have a relationship. If that's you, I'm not gonna point you out or embarrass you, but between me, you, and Jesus, would you just slip up your hand and say, pray for me, Chris. I'd like to get that right today. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Wow, thank you so much. Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for your honesty, buddy. Appreciate that. Thank you. Anybody else? You feel that, Tug? He's saying, come. I love you. Come. Now, those that raise their hand, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. It's just a prayer of a commitment. It's the beginning. It's sort of step one of inviting Christ into your life and that you're making a commitment that you're going to start following him and figuring this out and, and uh, learning what it means to follow him. And we're going to actually pray that prayer with you. Everybody in the house, we're all going to pray it out loud with you because we support you in this decision, the greatest single decision of your life. Let's all pray it together in support of those raising their hand. Let's say it out loud. Say it with me. Say, Jesus, today I invite you into my life. Forgive me for all my mistakes. Wash me clean. You are my shepherd. And I make a commitment, a covenant, that I will follow you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, we have laughed this morning, we have cheered this morning, we've applauded this morning, but there is no greater moment than what just happened right now. Would you do me a favor? Would you make some serious noise for these people who gave their life to Christ and welcome them, come on, to the family of God. Thanks for tuning in to this week's message. We hope you heard something that spoke directly to where you're at right now in life. To find out more about our church, hit up our website, southhills.org slash corona, or follow us on social media at South Hills Corona. And if our messages have made a difference in your life, help us get the word out by rating and reviewing this podcast. And as always, you can support the ongoing work of our church by giving through our website at southhills.org slash give and selecting the Corona Campus. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope you'll join us again next week. God bless.